Let's just hit record. Let's just go in. I'm a um. This is the first episode of uh Radio Rec LLC, True School Hip Hop since 2009, and um. It doesn't mean that it started in. I mean, the LLC started in 2009, but that's what we're gonna get into, man. We are gonna get into. Hold on a second. I you know. I'm a one-man show here. So right now, you're in my podcast. I made this a podcast studio right now um, so I could do this quickly. Let me see something real quick. Let me, let me, let me see something real quick. I'm just going to go live on Instagram just for a little bit to see if I can, you know, hold on a second. All right, so it's going live. I guess I don't have to write no, uh, no uh, what's the name, no uh, title or whatever. We're just going to let it ride there. I'm going to focus on this right here, what's right in front of me. And uh, I think that's why I made this podcast, this Radio Rec LLC, True School Hip Hop since 2009. And um, I'm using YouTube's, uh, what is it, their podcasting uh, situation to start a new podcast, right? I've been podcasting on and off, but I'm, I, you know, right here, I have a whole agenda. And just so you know, so we're on the same page, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about, you know, I'm going to tell you the real truth about being an independent recording artist and record label owner. And this is like the stories that I wish I had, you know, when I got started to understand. I already knew, you know, how people say it's uh, 10 years to be an overnight success. Well, you know, from my understanding, from walking this walk that I've walked, uh, it's really like 20 years to be an overnight success. I mean, and it just depends on wh what you consider to be successful, right? Um, you got to, you know, I was doing this out of high school and working a job. Then I had a family, uh, you know, made a little bit of money here and there. Lost a job, got a job, you know, a lot of things happen. And, um, you know, you know, I, I got into business with my brother for a little bit uh, when I got, you know, and then we got up to a point where we made this LLC after doing some serious shows. I'm just giving you a quick intro. But after doing some serious shows and getting a little bit of money, we went to go and see an entertainment attorney, which uh, shout out to Chris Cabot, by the way, who we already knew, uh, you know, we had his number what, since uh, 2006, I want to say. But it wasn't until 2009 that we thought we were ready for the LLC. Right. You know, because we were doing things we weren't really profiting. A lot of money was being spent trying to build up a name. And then we finally got somewhere. And then we saw Chris Cabot to, to you know, make an operations agreement to lay out the terms of what we're going to do and how we're going to proceed. And then, boom, after 2009, once we set up the Radio Rec LLC, my brother leaves as a partner. And we're going to talk about all this stuff, but I want to give you a synopsis of what's going on, right? This is the first episode. Hey, what's going on? This is the first episode of Radio Rec LLC, True School Hip Hop since 2009. And like I said, the LLC started, it started in 2009, okay? But the music I was doing prior that to built up, it was a sole proprietorship and a partnership, like I was saying, with my brother. And then, like I said, we, we got to uh, 2009. And so when we made the LLC, I lost my partner in the first year. And then the second year, we're still going. Then it wasn't really profitable. From the LLC, I'm going to say like the first seven years wasn't profitable. It wasn't until these last seven years. So these are all the things, like I said, these are all the stories. I'm going to tell you the real truth about being an independent recording artist and a record label owner. And like I said, these are all the stories I wish I had when I got started coming out of high school and, and what it was really going to take. And like I said, I already knew, you know, from hearing the stories, I wasn't looking for any limo to pull up or somebody to fly in and save me and stuff like that. I had a firm grip of, you know, I wanted to build a business. I just didn't think it was going to take this long. And I didn't see my business being the way that it is right now.
You know what I'm saying? But I am, for the last seven years, have been running my own recording uh, record label on the profit side. After all that, on the profit side. I mean, this is something I do all day. And I'm going to tell you how I do it. Right. Because I, I use the music and I use the videos and I use my expertise in the studio, and my expertise with performing, producing. But I used it to sell something else that, that was able to give me a living. And, and a lot of people already know because I've done 4000 recordings over the last, what, uh, seven years or whatever. And a, a lot of that things that I sold was voiceovers, voiceovers and my skills in vocals, recording vocals for people and then my skills in songwriting at times for for producing so we would do jingles, uh, podcasts, uh, drops, you know, radio tags. And like I said, voiceovers, vocals, it was all kinds of stuff, a little bit of editing and stuff like that. So I, I think it's very, uh, this this kind of storytelling right here is necessary because there's a lot of independent artists out there and there's a lot of people, oh, this service, that service, and you got to do this before you do that. And you got to spend all this money and you 250 to break a record and ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, and I've been there. I've been there, I, you know, 150 of my own bread that I spent. And um, you just can't compete to the record label. So what they're talking about is having a big budget. But having a big budget means that either you're coming from a rich uncle, aunt, family member, or you're going to the label and hoping they'll be uh, your daddy Warbucks. But the only problem is, you know, they're bossing you around when it's their money. When it's your money, you might not have the same money and you're going to have slow growth. But you got to, you know, it gives you a chance to build your business brick by brick by brick and if you're patient you know so regularly yo i bet you you didn't know this right you know how like a you know a copyright when you copyright a song uh it lasts your lifetime plus 75 years right but did you know that a, a company like a corporation llc that owns it it goes your lifetime plus 90 years of well the the record label's lifetime whatever that is and then 90 years after that or something like that don't quote me, but it's longer than your individual self. So you see, like, what I'm saying is that, you know, like for me, my, my focus was uh, making timeless music, seeing all the way down the line. And, uh, you know, record labels have a tendency to do that too, right? You know, like as artists, we want everything now. So we're willing to take the, the short bread and then somebody be our boss. And then we don't like it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like a label is looking at the long term. So, you know, see if, you know, we're going to make money forever or what? How, how am I going to make money forever? And so, you know, for me as an independent artist, I already kind of had that mentality. I wasn't looking for nothing quick. I was looking to, to build something. And that's because of, you know, who I looked at as role models at the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little bit older. So, you know, at the role models I saw doing things in the music business and really making a move on an independent scale and then making it bigger was people like Jay-Z, people like Puffy, people like Master P. Uh, then a little bit later, uh, Slim Thug in the whole Texas movement. And, you know, saying even on, on the Bay Area with Too Short, too. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of things were, you know, just coming out the trunk and doing things. And, it, you know, and I understood real quick, even, you know, being young, while, while people were looking for somebody to come and save them. You know what I'm saying? I, I realized it was a pimp whole business. So, it, you know, and if you wasn't doing the pimping, it, and even if you pimping yourself, then you was the hoe. You know what I'm saying? So it's like somebody, you know, giving you money and something like that, you know, to do your thing. You you really a hoe. You got to ask for one, right? So what I realized is that if you got something really, really dope, don't ask for somebody. Don't ask for somebody to invest in you. Take your money and put it in yourself. Double down on yourself. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so that's, you know, and then, you know, when you're doing like that, you forced it. Yo, you saying that you dope, now you put your money where your mouth is if you really dope. And if you really dope, people going to go to it. And if you're not, people going to tell you. And then you got to come back and figure it out. 
But it's it's amazing because a lot of motherfuckers, like, you know, my damn. But you know what? A lot of people will will swear to you they're the dopest thing on earth. They're the next up, blah, 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 blah. But they don't want to spend no money on this stuff. But if you really that dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, you should invest in me. You know, we'll blow up. We'll get rich. We'll do X, Y, and Z. But the thing is, is that if you really that dope, why won't you put money in you? Why won't you put money in you? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this is the, like I said, this is the first episode. And, and you know, and and so I'm going to go right to rule number one. Since, you know, I'm talking about who my influences are, you know, and that was around the time of 96, right? 1996. That's around the time of Jay-Z and, and, and Puffy and Master P and stuff like that, right? That, that was right around that time that, you know, I'm coming out of high school and, and I'm seeing that, yo, you could do something, right? But the problem is, you know, you're seeing the, the smoking and the drinking and the partying and you thinking that that's what it is. And so, like, when you're a teenager, you're highly, highly influential, right? So whatever you see, you see the party, you see all these things, you're thinking that that's what it is. Now, this is a problem. It's cool, but it's a problem, too. Because you're right, you're supposed to be dope. You're supposed to do business. You tell me what business you go to that you could just be drunk. You go and, and, you, and you don't really do your job, right? So this is my rule number one. My rule number one is never, ever get drunk before or during your recording session, right? So you say that you're going to be a recording artist, right? Independent or major label, right? And you want to compete against everybody that's out there. You say that you're going to be an independent record label, right? Independent competing against everything that's out there, right? You're going to make money. This is not for fun. You're going to make bread, right? We talking about the 25 rules to building a successful music career as an independent artist or label and label, whatever you want to say. So my rule number one is something I learned in 96. Never, ever, ever, ever get drunk before or during your recording session. Now you might say, why 1996? I'm going to tell you why. See, in 96... I was one year out of high school. I, I went to high school in Virginia, right? Shout out to all my people in Prince George, Virginia. Right at, immediately after that, I, I came up to Jersey. I have cousins in Jersey and stuff like that. And I got cousins in Connecticut. And I got family, in, you know, in the tri-state, basically. You know what I'm saying? But So I'm going back and forth between Jersey and Connecticut and different things. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do music. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, I already know what I want to do. I was doing it in middle school. Yeah, I was doing it in high school. I already know what I want to do. So the first thing, you know, I'm asking around, the first thing I got to do is, is find a studio. Well, lucky for me in Jersey, I have a, I got an older cousin, Stylish. Shout out to DJ Stylish. And he's holding, holding things down as a DJ during that time, playing for everybody. Yo, he has a four-track recorder. He's, you know, and he, he has a spot in the basement where he's making beats. And that was like the studio for us. You know, that, that kind of situation. But Stylish went... Uh, a step further and there was a studio in um dang i can't think of the name i can't think eaton town eaton town i can't think of the name of the engineer that was working there and i can't think of the name of the studio this was 96 by the way right but anyway stylish said hey on, on his uh four track player that he had he made a beat and he said yo sticks you know that's what people would call me right uh yo i want you to rap over this thing and he he booked studio time you know, and I was so, again, you know, you thinking, uh, you know, you watching your influence and you're like, oh, it's the party thing, the party. Everything's a party, 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 right? So when he told me that, you know, hey, come to the studio, I was so excited. I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, 
you know, that summer, you know, we, we were chilling all summer, you know, doing like little live sets and doing all kind of different things. Right. So, you know, everything was kind of like a party. I was chilling with my cousins and stuff like that. Yo, that's it is what it was. You know, it is what it what it is. Um, but the ill part. So I don't know what was in my mind. I'm supposed to come up right now. This is rule number one. Right. Never, ever get drunk before or during your recording session. And this is how I, I learned real quick. Um. Because I was so excited, uh, I came to the studio with not one, but two 40s, right? With two 40s. Now, at this time, I'm all about 145 pounds, right? You know, you know, I'm out there smoking and drinking and having a good time. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with having a good time, right? But when you're on the job, you're on the job, right? You're spending money. You're trying to do something to make money, right? So I have the nerve to go up there for, with two 40s, right? And I think the session was like two hours. Now, if you're on your job, you should know your lyrics. You should have practiced your lyrics. So when you get up on that microphone, you know exactly what to do. You're on your one, two. You know, even if you don't know how to exactly record, if it's your first time recording, at least if you know your song, the engineer and the producer will help you. And unless the engineer and producer, same thing. Either way, they're going to help you to get through the song, the recording session. And you're going to learn from there. But you can really do yourself justice by not getting drunk before and after. And, and I'm telling you through experience, I came with two 40s. Now, you know, my cousin and them at the beginning of the session, I think it was like a two hour session. My cousin at the beginning of the session, you know, he's getting the beats together, right? He's getting the beat together with the engineer and all that good stuff. But the issue became in that first hour while he was getting the beat together, I already had drunk the first 40. So I'm already buzzed, okay? And if you know, like I know, alcohol is a liquid, but it do dry you out. Right. So I'm already groovy. Right. But I know no problem. I know my lyrics. So we're going to be good. <laughs> or at least that's what I said. So then he says, hey, yo, Sticks, you ready? You're going to go in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Let me take another drink. you right. So I, I'm about, you know, a quarter of the way in my second 40 and I'm ready to record. Engineers loading up the beat. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm just going, blah, blah, slurring. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying my rhymes. But, uh, you know, but I, I, at the same time, I'm not really saying it clear. I'm not really having no, I'm just, it's just a drunken style. Now, if it's the drunken style that you were going after, then, hey, you know, that's a good thing. But if it's not, and you're trying to do what's best for the record, right? Because, see, see the thing here, you know, another thing, a little uh, star to that never ever get drunk before or during your recording session. Another star is that as an independent artist or as any kind of artist, your job is to be dope. You get no kudos for that. You're supposed to be dope. You're supposed to be on top of your game. You're supposed to deliver the performance and the lyrics at the best of your ability. The music supposed to be at the best, right? You want people to buy it. Think about when you go to restaurants and you do, yo, know, you, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't give them no bread if it was crappy service or crappy food. You wouldn't, yo, know, if you did, you'd be like, I'll never come in here again. So same thing with the recording, right? You know, so you want to be at your best. How can you be at your best? And especially if you were singing, but we're going to take rapping, rapping and singing, whatever. How can you be at your best if you're dried out? Right? On the microphone. How can you be at your best if you're, you're buzzed or even just sloppy drunk? You know, think about the time that you're wasting in the studio, you know, partying. You could party afterwards, right? You know, you think a lot of times when you're drinking and throwing it back that you're holding it together. 
But you think about this. There's a reason why you can't operate heavy machinery while you're in there, right? There's a reason. You're not as alert. You're not as sharp, right? So, like, you, like, again, even before you're getting paid to be a recording artist in a record label, you need to treat it like it is your job in your business and go up there and knock it out. And then once you knock it out, you could do all the extra stuff. Think about it as like having beer with the guys, with the people at work after work type of thing. Get the job done and then go and do whatever you're going to do. But at no time in the studio, no time in the studio, if you really serious about it, I don't care what you saw, who did what, did who, oh, when you watch the documentary, who, who and this and that, like that, yo, Go and talk to any professional person, even the artist himself. Hey, you know, artists that can't help himself, that's on him, but him or her. But then you talk to people that are successful, right? And people trying to do things. They want people in there that's about their business. Can you get in there and knock them? How many songs can you knock out? Can you, you, even if it's not one song, how much detail, how much work can you put in when you come to that studio? If the work that you're putting, unless you're getting paid to party, Put the party to the back and handle your business. Okay? So that's rule number one. We're going to end this one right now with this. And I'm hoping that you're feeling this. Again, this is Radio Rec LLC, true school hip hop since 2009. This is a new podcast I'm trying out on the uh, YouTube thing, right? You know, because YouTube is rolling out the thing. I'll still put it up through Spotify and all that stuff like that. But, you know, all that other podcast episodes from the other podcast will be there. But this is a whole new thing. And we're going to try it out. I'll put clips up on social media, see what you like. And then um, we'll see you next time. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll see you next time. And then we're going to get to rule number two. Yo, this is Unity Soul. Peace. Radio.